Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome to the Depth Chart Podcast. My name is Freddie Maggard. I'm joined by Andy Murray in Northern Kentucky, Jay Dorch in the Greater Louisville area, as well as Nick Roush in the Ville. Gentlemen, uh, Kentucky comes off a bye week. Uh, I don't know about about you guys, but I hated the bye week, Andy. I mean, I thought it was one of the worst weeks of the year because, you know, with the head coach that we had, there was not much resting up that we did. It was it was pretty much a get after it week. I, I what 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 did you think about the bye week as a player, Andy? It was awful. It was like spring football under Claiborne. <laughs> yeah. We were going to yeah, get hate- in. <laughs> yeah. It was full tilt, if I recall. Yeah, I think you're right. Jay, what, what was your thoughts about the bye week? I'm the same. It was good on good. It was tough, man. I, I thought it was worse than spring ball. You know, Claiborne, <laughs> Claiborne, Claiborne was tough, man. I always dreaded the uh, the pass, <laughs> pass rush drill against Andy, that knucklehead. That was, uh, that was always fun. Yeah. Well, Kentucky's coming off a bye week, Nick Roush. Uh, a lot of things the Cats needed to do. I think the most important thing was to get Josh Ali back healthy. Uh, that that was point number one. And it appears that Ali's ready to go. Nick, is that what you're hearing as well? Yep, yep. Uh, all systems clear, good to go. And it's just what the passing game needs because, uh, 
you know, Wandale Robinson is really good, but you need more than one other reliable target. Isaiah Cummings went down with an injury against Georgia, and I think he's going to be available to play, but you don't know how banged up he is as well. So good to have Josh Alvey back, especially going up against a secondary that is susceptible to the big play. Yeah, Mississippi State gives up uh, some explosives in the passing game. But that run defense, as we as we transition into, into Saturday's matchup, that run defense for Mississippi State is for real. Uh, only gives up 93 yards a game, uh, four rushing touchdowns for the season. But I first, let's look at the, you know, we talked about Wandell, Josh. I, I, I crunched some numbers uh, last night. The tight ends have caught 24 passes combined. The running back, 17. Non-Wandell wide receivers, 33. And Robinson, 49. So that just shows uh, the breakdown of how reliant Kentucky is on Wandell Robinson. And it's vital that, that, that you spread the football around because Mississippi State's going to try to take him away until Kentucky can prove that it's got somebody else that's receiver position take the pressure off the bracket coverage. Uh, but I think uh, uh, Liam Cohen's done a tremendous job. Uh, Jay Dorch, uh, by dispersing the football around and getting catches uh, to to, receive, uh, to to running backs, tight ends, and, and, and plus the 32 catches that, that the Cats had against Georgia. I thought he's doing a tremendous job of dispersing the football around. i tell you, watching the Georgia game, um, I think he called an unbelievable game. I know there were fans that were frustrated because they were throwing, you know, small, short routes and screen passes and hooking laterals and, you know, all that. But, but honestly, that's what he had to do. And I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, that last touchdown drive, was it like a 24, 25 play drive? I mean, yeah. I thought it was masterful what he did and, and, and to go along with that, it's the best game Will Levis has played. He was comfortable, yeah. and, man, there were bullets flying. Now, let's just be yeah. honest. I mean, that defensive line, that front seven of Georgia is as good as I can ever remember on any team. And that number 17, Dean, uh, my goodness. I mean, and yeah. so they, he, he, he executed both Liam Cohen and Will Levis at an extremely high level to do what they did. Um, and I thought, I thought it was fantastic. Their, their growth was – was huge in that Georgia game. Andy, what do you think about Will Levis against Georgia? I, I'm with Jay. You know, I just think um, it, it, if you look at how long he's been on campus and how much he's accomplished in the last few weeks in his growth, the kid's just – he's a confident kid regardless. Um, but now as a, as a playmaker and completing some balls, I just think he's going to continue to progress throughout the rest of the year. And um, – you know, this this weekend, I I mean, the confidence is really going to be the fact that what he did against that Georgia defense. I mean, that Georgia defense is so stout. Um, I think the game's going to look a little slower to him these next five weeks, but especially this week, just based on, you know, he's got that road game under his belt, which is probably a way more hostile environment, especially under those circumstances. And uh, Mississippi State will be a hostile environment, but they'll be able to take that crowd of it pretty easy if uh, crowd out of it pretty easy if we can have a little success early. And um, I think, I think we're just going to see a big, big, big game out of this kid this weekend. Nick, 
the Mississippi State National Championship baseball team is going to get recognized during the Kentucky game in Starkville. It's also homecoming, and it's also alumni weekend uh, at Mississippi State. <clears throat> You've been to them all. Rank, rank the level of difficulty between South Carolina, Georgia, and Mississippi State as far as environment and crowds. Man, uh, this one's the most annoying, I'll tell you that. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Um, I don't know if it's as loud as the other places, but this one is by far the most annoying. It's 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 the most unusual of any SEC venue. I know the travel arrangements for the team are different. You know, you got to stay over in Columbus and drive over. So it's a whole ordeal. What I found interesting, Freddie, is like – when you, I mean, you just played Alabama. I after you beat a good Texas A and M team, you wouldn't you want to have your best baseball national championship team back then? Or it, it's just it's weird. They're having all this stuff, and I can go online and buy tickets for fifteen bucks. Kind of weird the the fan buy in right now down in Starkville. Yeah, I think the newness. <clears throat> excuse me, I think the newness of the air raid has worn off a little bit as, as well with Mike Leach, but. Uh, guys, I think I think you know I've, I've said this a lot this week. Going to Mississippi State is like is like traveling to Army or Navy or Air Force, going to a service academy, because there's so much uniqueness or weirdness about what Mississippi State does on both offense and defense that it's hard to prepare for. It's hard to get a scout team up to speed to give the defense a good look on what Mississippi State's going to throw at them. You know, I mean, do you, you know, use multiple quarterbacks, use multiple – see, I, I don't know how you do that, how Brad, Brad White's done that. And then defensively with a 3-3-5 three, three, stack that, that, that evolves, that moves, plays four-man front, three-man front. I mean, it does all kinds of things. But the uniqueness of Mississippi State makes it like going – playing a service academy. Let's get into that offense a little bit. Jay Dortch, Mississippi State – uh, throw, has thrown more passes than any team in college football. Averages 375 yards a game. Uh, rushes for 49. Now, you can speak to this, Jay. The Mississippi State run game is, is when they throw the football to their running backs, and they do that a lot. And it's one of my keys to the game in my article coming out on KSR is to hold Dylan Johnson – and marks to less than 70 yards combined passing or receiving because uh, Mississippi State least likes to get his athletes in space, and that's getting the football to his running backs on those short passes, and that's how Mississippi State runs the ball. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I know you guys remember, you know, Georgia or uh, Florida was the one that really kind of started that whole – uh, swing pass out of the backfield uh, back in the day, and it just killed us, you know. Uh, we, we weren't prepared for it, and when you get an athlete like that out in space and, and you learn how to attack space like that, and it, it's just tougher. It puts so much stress on the, on, the, on the back end and the middle level of the defense, um, and you just got to have incredible eye discipline and, and trust your reads and your preparation and stay true to it, you know. Uh, the only thing that's predictable about Leach is he's unpredictable and he's yeah. a master. At, he's a master at attacking space and, and his offense is kind of, 
it's it's death by a thousand cuts, but then they'll grab yeah. a knife and stab you. They'll lull you to sleep, you know, yeah. and, and they are, um, he's a master at scheming up uh, how to get an open space and, and different than most weeks. Um, you know, most weeks, whoever has the uh, container set in the edge is on an island and whoever is in the, the third level is on an island from the defensive perspective because everybody sees if, if you make a mistake, you're, you get roasted, right? Uh, this week, everybody's on an island. I mean, they're, yeah, they're and, 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 and if we can tackle in space like we did against South Carolina and Florida, I feel really good about it. And I, I think we're going to be in a lot of uh, dime and nickel, uh, big nickel packages this week. I agree. I think tackling is crucial, especially tackling those running backs. Uh, another position that's going to be magnified this week is the cornerbacks. Going to have a lot of uh, situations on an island out there. Uh, Brad White's done a lot of scheming to, I wouldn't say protect the cornerbacks, Andy, but to mask the fact that Kentucky is very thin at that position, that back third of Yusuf Corker, Ty Asian, Devontae Robinson are so good, you can you can make up for lack of depth at corner. But this week, there's going to be times where these corners, Cedric Dort, Carrington Valentine, Quandre Moses, they're going to have to make plays on the top of the routes. So I think you're going to have to see a higher number of pass breakups from the cornerback position on Saturday. Uh, but what Mike Leach does, Andy, and you can speak to this as somebody that's, that's, that's picked up a lot of blitzes, if Kentucky's going to drop eight on a lot of occasions and rush three. Now, last year they got home with Phil Hoskins, Quentin Bohanna, and Josh Paschal. This year it's Josh Paschal and then your second and third team nose tackle and your second and third team defensive tackle. If you can't get home with that organic three and the three-four defense, you're going to have to situationally blitz. When you blitz, a lot of times you play man coverage behind it, and that's when you get to crossing routes. And that's where Mississippi State can take advantage. So, Andy, do you think Kentucky can get home with the three or are they going to have to blitz to get pressure on Rodgers? Well, I, you know, the, the good news to me is um, Brad White's had two weeks to get ready. And we've talked about him all week as taking away what everybody – the best thing everybody does. So, I think we're going to be dialed in on stopping that swing pass a little bit more than – maybe anybody else has to kind of curtail that, keep the yardage down, keep the number of first downs and time of possession down. Um, but, you know, their receivers are big from what I understand. They're like six, yeah, three, four, five-ish. So, you know, Corker and some of those uh, safeties are probably going to have a better chance of playing some man-to-man -man with those. And it wouldn't surprise me to see Brad White use some of those veteran safeties and some of the man-to-man -man coverages so he can get some blitzes in because, you know, it's obvious our corners have been suspect. Uh, I think I saw this week where we've only had like two or three breakups, pass breakups yeah. by corners in comparison to everybody else in the back, back of the defense. So, <clears throat> you know, I think you'll see him disguise some coverages and be able to use some of those bigger, more, you know, uh, senior players, to guard in the in the in the one on ones, and maybe use some of those corners to do some of the blitz. And I, it, but it just, I'm excited to go to this game with us having two weeks to prepare versus catching them in a short week. In a short week, I think it's more of a trap game. In two weeks, I think we're a better football team 
Brad White's going to have it dialed up. I think you'll see some creative blitzes. Um, but didn't somebody said McCall might play too, though, right? Is that true? Uh, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. It's could, a little, but I'm not buying it. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, but I think you'll see some creativity from our defense just based on the fact we've had two weeks to get ready and we do have some veteran guys that can probably play some one-on-ones with those bigger receivers based on speed and, and those kinds of things. So I, I'm not that concerned. I, I just, I honestly think we're a better football team and Brad White's the fly in the ointment for Mike Leach. My, my question for you guys, because you talked about taking away that swing pass, especially you, Jay, for those outside linebackers like Jordan Wright and J.J. Weaver, what kind of pressure does it put on those guys, and how can they help take away that swing? Well, it's tough because uh, if you don't trust your read, right, and and you, you know, what's going to be crucial this week is the first step of that second, third level defense player. If they misstep, right? If they if they misread and misstep one direction, it's it's the difference of them having success or not. Um, and if they trust their read and they can make the right right first step and the right read, uh, they're going to be in a great position to make the play. But I mean, Leach is a master. I mean, it is it puts so much pressure on those edge guys uh, with that swing pass in particular. I mean, because if you miss it and we're in man coverage, that's going to go for a big number. Um, and and they, he just knows how to dial it up. And you got to be patient and and make the right reads. Nick, Mississippi State is going to, is going to gain yardage between the 20s. Uh, I'm, I'm fairly certain on that uh, because of that offense. But where Kentucky has been a bend but not break defense <clears> – <throat> Once, once, once Mississippi State gets into the red zone, then the advantage flips towards the Kentucky defense because the field shrinks. Uh, you can condense everything, and it's hard for an air raid to score in the red zone, score touchdowns in the red zone. Mississippi State, 18 touchdowns out of 28 trips inside the 20. Uh, but Kentucky will have a chance uh, to get in the red zone to stiffen up and hold or limit Mississippi State to threes instead of sevens. Uh, so red zone defense is going to be another key to the win, Nick. Yeah, field goals instead of touchdowns. Um, and, and part of that is not giving up big plays, too, because they, they gave up more than normal uh, against Georgia, you know? Yeah, yeah. Georgia averaged nine yards per play, 12 yards per pass attempt. 18 yards per pass completion. So <clears throat> that is concerning. Uh, let's flip the script and talk about the Mississippi State defense, who I think is, is the strength of this uh, Bulldog team. Zach Arnett is, is the coordinator. I think he's very good. Uh, we saw last year Kentucky only had, what, 175 total yards uh, in the 24-2 win. Of course, a lot of, uh, several yards were taken away due to the bad punt snap. But uh, Kentucky didn't have a lot of the success. But it's a different offense with Lee and Cohen leading it. But Mississippi State – is the fourth-ranked uh, defense in the Southeastern Conference, giving up 5.6 yards per play, 327. The strength, though, is the run defense, only allowing 93 yards per game and has only given up four rushing touchdowns. Uh, Andy Murray, uh, the 3-3-5, there's a lot of movement. There's a lot of uh, evolution 
of that defense where you get a three-man look, four-man look. Uh, they can drop. Uh, they can come up with with a, a, a strong nickel uh, package. But I, I think this Mississippi State defense is legit, and Kentucky's got a work cut out for it to uh, to establish and maintain a run game against this Bulldog defense. Yeah, I, I think our run game gets it going again just because the run game and that odd man down front and the three-man front, I think, is a much easier. I mean, you've got, obviously, athletic linebackers in there, but I think with our offensive line, if they try to play three down front, we're going to have some gaps. Um, I think you'll see us run some of the inside zone as well as the outside zone. Stoops knows he's got a control clock, um, and we're going we're gonna to make a huge effort at running the football on these guys. The only other physical football team – that Mississippi State has played this year is Alabama, and look what the look what happened. I mean, they got manhandled. Texas A&M, I, I think, would probably be the next most physical team they played. But Texas A&M was not playing good football when they played them. They scored, you know, they they should have won the game, but they kicked five or six field goals is why they didn't yeah. win the football game. So, I just think our line of scrimmage will handle their line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, they're going to be if they do a lot of shifting and moving. You know, you catch – that's where the big runs come from. You know, guys shifting and moving. It's just as confusing for that defensive front as it is for the offensive front, and that's where they make mistakes and they leave openings. And Rodriguez being the inside runner that he is, I think he's going to find some space and he's going to have some large pops. Nick, I agree with Andy because all that movement, there are going to be tackles for loss. There are going to be runs, stuff for no gains. But – with that movement, with everything that Mississippi State does, there are going to be opportunities to hit explosives on the ground because as many times as you're moving into the right positions for an explosive, you move out of position to allow an explosive. And I think that's where Kentucky can take advantage of Mississippi State's defense. And Jay can attest to this too. There's nothing more frustrating than when you have a call and you can feel yourself going away from the play, mid-play. Like when you just get pushed down in the wash and you're just like, oh, hell, well, <laughs> we're, we're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, watching that Georgia game, you know, Georgia did to us what we've done to every other team. They controlled the line of scrimmage both ways. I, I think our offensive line is – probably coming off that game pretty pissed. I think we were pretty banged up to begin with mm -hmm. going into that game against Georgia. So I think we've healed up pretty good. I think they got a, they got a little chip and an edge on them uh, this week. I think you're going to see incredible execution by them. And I love a three-man front against them, like Andy said. And I will take my chances any day of the week with Chris Rodriguez one-on-one -on -one with a linebacker. Um, I just I, I feel like no we're going to have some success. We're going to have some success running the ball, and you know I think with Ali back, it brings a whole different dynamic. I mean, we know the best way to stop a, a, a charging defensive line, uh, one that just pins their ears back, is to gouge them with some quick passes and some slants and some some uh, nice play action play action passes. And I don't know, I feel really good about it. I, I think our off line is going to come with a, with an incredible intentionality uh, this week and execute well. Yeah, and Fortner, you know, Fortner's been beating the drum all week about the, the bad experiences they've had down there. And I just think the leadership, those guys are going to be ready to play. 
Um, mm-hmm. And they said Fortner had a team meeting early in the week or last week as to why they've struggled going down there. And I, I, I mean, the struggle of going down there is it's always this time of year. Everybody's tapped out, drained, and you go down there and it's hot. So it's just going to take leadership, veteran team to go down there and play well. And I think we're, we're positioned for that. You got Fortner and, you know, some of these other older linemen, Rodriguez is a senior, you know, you, they're going to go down there and take care of business. You know, Andy brought up a great point, Nick. You look at uh, Mississippi State's opponents, Louisiana Tech in the opener, not exactly a physical football team. Uh, NC State, kind of Memphis, no. LSU, not a physical team. Alabama, yes. Uh, A&M, yes, but that was when A&M was just finding itself uh, after losing the quarterback. It's a different version of A&M we have now. Bama beats them 49-9. to and it could have been a whole heck of a lot worse and, and then beat Vandy, which is just Vandy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Andy was right. There's only, they've only played one team that plays with a style of physicality like Kentucky, and that's Alabama. Now, given granted, that's Alabama. Mm-hmm. But that 93 rush yards per game is a little bit deceiving because of they've not played, you know, other than Bama, A&M, Play a lot of throwing teams. Uh, team, team, teams that are that are focused on running the football, right? So that th- those numbers can be a little bit deceiving, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. and their their SEC schedules ahead of them. I mean, right. The, the SEC games that they played, you know, Alabama thumped them. You know, A and M was not like you said, A and M, and Vanderbilt's. You know, they couldn't win in the CSAA in Louisville. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's a good burn. I, I think only some people are going to get that too, Andy. <laughs> that's a good burn. Uh, don't you? Don't you think that, that they couldn't uh, have beat couldn't... the Saint Martha kids from the early eighties? I'll promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> don't you? Don't you think it was incredible that they opened as a two-point dog? I mean, yeah, it well, couldn't. Yeah. Have, it couldn't have been. It couldn't have been any better for this team. Two weeks yeah. to sit on. You know sit on this game, open as a two-point dog, on the road. I mean, it couldn't have been – it couldn't be a better situation for us. Well, right, again, gonna... it's, just that, it's just that lack of respect in the conference, you know, and this team is tired of that crap. And I, that's why I think they go down there and flex their muscles. I'm going to go around the, uh, around the room here, guys, and, and I'm going to ask you to, to give me one thing – that, that Kentucky's got to do in order to beat Mississippi State. What, 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 you know, and this, and you know, this is uh, what the Cats must do to get the win. Nick, I'm going to start with you. Give me one thing that Kentucky has to do to beat Mississippi State to start, Bill. I'm going to say Chris Rodriguez, long touchdown. He hasn't had one yet this year. I think he started the season with five of 20 yards or more. Um, need to get some big plays out of that running game particularly early on to, to kind of put that defense on their heels and, 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 you know, give the defense some support. Last year, the offense didn't help that much at all. The defense kind of dominated that game by itself. Some help from the offense can go a long way down in Starkville. Jay? Jay? Yeah, I'm going to say um, we got we to gotta control the ball. This is on the offense this week, I think, because we know they're going to have success. They're going to score some points. Uh, I, I think it's on the running game. I think it's on the offense to put a complete game together and just take control of it. Keep their keep their offense on the sideline. 
um, had those long drives, um, and just just own the line of scrimmage. Andy. Um, time of possession, you know, hit on that. But I, I just think we've got to score touchdowns, no field goals, and, you know, get this – get their defense on their heels and just move the chains, eat clock. But when we have an opportunity to get inside the red zone, we've got to take away touchdowns. We can't kick field goals because it's going to be, you know, if, if Leach gets his rhythm, it'll be a bit of a shootout and he'll, he'll keep firing until the last whistle. Um, but I think if, if we can control the line of scrimmage, time of possession, and I looked at some of their stats and not many teams have, I don't. Th- I think the only team that won time of possession was uh, NC State, and they beat NC State. Is that right? I mean, they usually yeah. win time of possession, and that's just Leach getting to chunk and dunk as much as he wants. And I, I don't know. I just think we control the clock and, and score touchdowns uh, within the red zone. I like chunk and dunk better than dink and dunk, but d- dink and dunk does make it sound much more infantile you know like you and your little dink and dunk chunk and dunk sounds like something in starkville because they got some chunky boys down there like even the it just fits them a little bit more appropriately they still got some big boys in the trenches down in mississippi state what did buddy ryan call it when he went after that offensive coordinator that day on the sidelines when they were at houston buddy ryan went after that oc in that game that day on the sidelines because he called it what did he call it chunk and dunk when that when that when they were trying to throw that offense down at Houston, y'all don't remember that? I do, but I can't no. remember what he said. <laughs> <laughs> you they know, everything after the game, and he called him out for it. Uh, everything we <laughs> talked about Mississippi State offense, they're only averaging twenty eight points a game, uh, so uh, not exactly lighting up the scoreboard. So I, I think I think the most important thing for Kentucky is on the offensive side of the football. And I think, and I'm going to echo what you guys said, that, that I think Kentucky needs to rush for 180 yards or more, and I don't think that's much of an ask uh, for the Cats to do. And with that, you control, you control the clock, you control the tempo of the game, you control the personality of the game, if that makes sense at all. Uh, but, but there's going to be a couple one-on-one matchups that are going to be intriguing. Charles Cross is the uh, SEC Offensive Lineman of the Week. For Mississippi State going against Josh Pascal, that's going to be interesting because I do think Kentucky is going to have to generate pass rush without blitzing, and then that's that that's going to be tough, and that's going to be something that's going to be critical uh, to alter uh, Will Rogers in the pocket. And then the other matchup is going to be fun to watch is Emmanuel Forbes, the corner for Mississippi State with three interceptions, thirty-nine tackles uh, against Wondell Robinson. So. If you look, take a step back and look at Mississippi State defense, the corners are extremely aggressive in the run game. Uh, they have a dog player. That's what he's titled, Fred Peters, 42 tackles, two interceptions. So aggressive defensive backs. Establish that run game for 180-plus. The play action will come. I think Kentucky can go down to Mississippi State and, and take care of business. All right, Nick, your favorite uh, part. Oh, I, I got I, I got it. I figured it out. So – Buddy Ryan, they were losing 14 and or they, they had a 14 nothing lead and uh, they were playing the Jets. He threw a punch at his own offensive coordinator. 
<laughs> for the Oilers, Kevin Gilbride, when the dude tried to score more points and they fumbled it right before half. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I <laughs> he threw a punch at his own dude. <laughs> yeah. Buddy Ryan, yeah. What a dude. Uh, he, uh, his last days were in uh, – In Kentucky. So, yeah, in Kentucky too. Shelby, Shelbyville, yeah. Man. Yeah, Shelbyville. Yeah, Those all right, Nick. Two dudes Your you favorite. don't mess with. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Your favorite part of the, of the, of the podcast, we're going to who you got. Uh, just just for uh, full disclosure, I've had a couple of parlays in a row. Yeah, and, you, uh, you went from I'm not going to gamble at all to like, man, hit me another parlay this weekend. Hit me another yeah, parlay this weekend. Yeah, absolutely, man. So I'm, I'm rolling. Uh, <laughs> thank goodness for BYU. Who did I have last week? Some crazy. BYU, uh, North Carolina State. And ACC I can't football, yeah. North Carolina, speaking of ACC football, I don't think anybody's showing up to watch ACC football in the state of Kentucky. No. That stadium, yeah. yeah, yeah. But the cars need to need to do good for me this weekend. All right, Michigan <laughs> is a four point favorite at Michigan State. Both teams undefeated. Uh, the Fighting Harbaugh's uh, uh, in Ann Arbor traveling to Michigan State as a four point favorite. Andy, who you got? Michigan State all day. Oh. I'm not a fan of hardball. I, I think Michigan State gets it done. They for yeah. sure cover, but I think they win straight up. <clears throat> yeah. On uh, on Dane Key Day in the state of Kentucky, I hope Michigan gets beat myself. But Jay Norch. <laughs> you know, I'm not a hardball fan either, but I, I think he's put something together this year. I, I'm I think hardball. I think I think Michigan. They're the better team, probably Jay. But Mel Tucker's trying to get himself a better job, so he's on a he, he's putting it. That's he's, true. He's rolling it all out to try to get this big win. So Michigan State gets the big win, big upset. Yeah, I hope, I hope so. Uh, you know, on Dan Key Day, I think Michigan's the biggest threat for uh, for Kentucky. So I, I'm going to go <clears throat> Michigan State as well. All right, Texas is a three point underdog at Baylor. This one interests me quite a bit. Hmm. Uh, Texas, is, uh, there's something hadn't lost three in a row since whenever, and Baylor is undefeated. Are the Bears real? Jay, Texas, who you got? Man, I'm rolling with the Bears. Oh no, I'm I'm rolling with the Bears. I love Sark. I, mean, I think he's amazing. He's going to do incredible there. But I'm rolling yeah. with the home dog. Yeah. 
Yeah, Jay, is his name Jay Aranda? Nick yeah. has done a fantastic job there at Baylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick, who you got in this one? It's almost like he was a really good coach beforehand and is a big reason why his previous school won a national title. Could be, yes, yeah. absolutely. And you had generational talent on, on offense. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that helps too. Um, yeah. Horns down. Get the hell out of here, Texas. Horns Man. down. <laughs> That's right. And you're killing me, guys. Andy, who you got? I'm going to go Bears, too. Just, I don't know. I think, you know, Sark in his first year, he's probably got some a, a couple doubters in the locker room right now, and they're going on the road. That's going to be a tough environment. Huge game for Baylor. They take them down. That's going to be party on for a week. So, I, I, I ain't Baylor all day. Now I'm officially depressed, so I'm just going to roll through these next ones. Georgia <laughs> is a 14-point favorite against Florida in the world's largest cocktail party. Or it's not called that anymore. It's called something else. You can't say that. Gosh, can't okay. say that. alcohol at sporting events? No, never. What is it? What's it called now? Uh, the the Florida-Georgia game brought to you by Dos Equis. Okay. <laughs> Who you got, Nick Rouse? <laughs> the dogs. Florida is Florida's reeling. Dan Mullen, you know, the situation is getting a little dicey down in Gainesville. Uh, Grantham is, is, is not uh, a popular man with the Gator faithful nation. And uh, Dan Mullen is seat is getting kind of warm down there. George is a 14 point favorite. Who you got? I actually think that George is really going to step on their throat here. The only thing that worries me is that this is probably the game that you see JT Daniels for the first time in a while. And I just, I, I worry if they try to get too cute with getting him back. But uh, all in all, Georgia's going to win this game. It's just by how much. I, I would like to think that they're going to name their score because um, those Florida quarterbacks don't stand a chance against that Georgia defense. But I, I, could, I could see JT Daniels coming back and throwing like a bad pick or two and letting Florida hang around. Andy. You know, as much as I hate to say it, I, I would love to see Florida give them a game just to give us a little cred, you know, in the league and in the post season bowl rankings and some of that kind of stuff. But I Kirby Smart's trying to make a statement too. And I think I think he will he'll take it out on those guys. And it, yeah. I can't imagine Kirby's a big Dan Mullen fan. Yeah, Jay. <laughs> I can imagine anybody is so mm-hmm. but I, I would say Kirby's probably getting ready to set the record straight. <clears throat> uh, I'm with Andy. Georgia rolls. Uh, Kirby's trying to make a statement. He's got the team to do it. I think yeah. they're I think they're legit on, on every level, uh, Florida mentally Florida, and mentally and as a team. Florida's a run team, man. You, you're not going to run against that Georgia defense. So yeah. it could be yeah. a long day for the Gators. <clears throat> this one, this one's a little bit interesting. <laughs> Ole Miss at what six and one is a three point underdog at Auburn. Uh, strange, strange line there, Nick Rouse. Uh, you're the gambling expert. What do you think about this one? Yeah, and Auburn's also one of those places, too, that just has a lot of – it's just a strange place uh, in general. So I, I could see them giving some advantage to the home team, particularly when Ole Miss – Feels like they're kind of hanging on by the pants of their seat at this point. I know they were able to run LSU off the field, but they've been playing with fire this year. Um, 
I still think it'd be more fun to just take Ole Miss, you know? So, like, I'm riding with the Rebels, although I do think this is going to be a really, really good football game. And if it weren't for the cocktail party, I would make this the game of the week. Yeah. Uh, In Ole Miss, the competition for Kentucky with the five-star receiver as well. Yes, Barry and Brown. Yeah. 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 Jay, who you got Ole Miss three-point underdog at Auburn? Man, I'm taking the points rolling with Lane Train. Um, I'm a Matt Corral fan. I love Campbell. That middle linebacker is legit. Yeah, um, I, yeah I think they do it. Yeah, Andy. Yeah, Ole Miss just they're a they're they're a scoring machine. I, I think Auburn's another one of those places right now where the fans have kind of jumped off a little bit just because. Uh, we, we go to some center games with some Auburn fans. There's a kid that plays with Sam, and the guy's ready to – I mean, he's ready to pull his hair out over their football. And, they, and they're a hard fan base to keep engaged yeah. and happy because they think they should win the national championship every year. I mean, they're worse than Kentucky basketball fans. But I think I think Kiffin, you know, I'm not so sure Kiffin's not trying to set himself up for that LSU job either. Yeah, Kiff has, has got him rolling in Oxford. All right, the, the, uh, two big high school games this week. The Kroger the Kroger KSR Hometown Classic, their bowl game. Fleming County at Harrison County. Nick, you got the Panthers or the Thoroughbreds? I dated a girl from Fleming County. She was a nice lady. I'm rolling with the Fleming County folks and the fighting Bradley B-Roll McKees. Yeah, it's going to be tough to go against B-Roll this week. Yeah. Jay, who's the home team? Fleming County at Harrison County. Yeah, Harrison which, County's rolling, who's too. The, who's Cynthia. the Panther? Who's the thoroughbred? Fleming County Panthers and the Harrison County thoroughbreds. I'm going Fleming County for sure. You're going Panthers, with the visitors baby. here. Yeah. yeah. Andy. I'm going thoroughbreds because I get to go to Keeneland tomorrow, so I'm, I don't want to jinx myself. The other big game in Kentucky, Boyle County, is at Frederick Douglass. Uh, one, of, one of the top 4A. You got Corbin, Boyle County there. And then the number one team in 5A, you got Frederick Douglass, Woodford County. Uh, if you look at different RPIs and all that. But this is a big one in Lexington. Frederick Douglass starters haven't played, uh, maybe against Bryan Station, in the second half this season on national national day key day nick roush who you got uh first things first play more games like this douglas what are you doing you need to play some games where your starters are playing all year you're not getting any better for the playoffs that's not how you win state championships got to schedule more difficult but with that being said i still think that they ultimately they'll probably be a little sloppy in the second half but i think they'll win this one Right after Dinky commits to the Wildcats. Woohoo! <laughs> Jay, Bull County at Douglas. Big game. Doug, Douglas for sure. Yeah, they're too good. Yeah. Too well coached, and, too good. Andy. Man, oh man. Boyle County is a football town. Yeah. And those kids, in the words of Tim Smith, they will kick, claw, bat, scratch. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't say hey, that. Hey, that hey, hey, I tell you what, like they're not going to – Boyle County is not going away easy. I, I'm going to 
I'm gonna. I don't want to piss off Dane Key, but in an upset, Boyle. Oh. Oh. I, man, Frederick Douglass is so. Plus, good. I gotta go to a home so game at center tomorrow. Yeah, that's probably good. Saturday. I'm so sorry. good. Frederick Douglass is so good, so talented, and you know, Boyle County stepping up in the class from four to five A. I think Douglas may be a little bit much for him, but that's going to be a heck of a football game. All right. One last uh, parting shot here on Kentucky, Mississippi State. The Cats are favored by one and a half in Starkville. Uh, guys, give me your pick and, and give me your closing statements on this football game. Andy Murray, go first. Um, I'm going to say that they don't know they're a one and a half point favorite because Vince Morrow tacked two and a half point dog on the wall last Sunday afternoon. And he's got those guys fired up and wanting to prove something. I think we win time of possession. I think we run it down their throat. And I, you know, I think the Cats score 42 and it's uh, over early. Wow. Love that pick, Andy. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Jay Dort. I'm in line with Andy. This uh, senior led team, um, pretty business like. I think legitimately they were all disappointed in Georgia performance. They've had two weeks to stew on that. Um, they're ready to make a statement. Um, and I, I think you're going to see a complete game on both sides. I, I, I know Brad White's going to have some stuff dialed up, but I'm super excited to see what Cohen's got in store. Um, I think Rodriguez is going to have a huge chip on his shoulder. And, uh, you know, I think uh, you'll see a lot of – probably a lot of Trevin Wallace uh, on defense uh, coming in because he can kind of play that, that that big nickel, even though he's a linebacker. Uh, but, yeah, I think they roll big. Good Nick. call on Wallace, Jay. Really like that. But um, as you all said, uh, man, Chris Rodriguez, seven carries, seven yards. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder. I, I'm expecting a big game from both him and quarterback Will Levis. It, it, this is a race to 30. It's going to be close. Um, but I ultimately think that Kentucky's going to prevail. 31 to 27. Cats. Wow, that's three picks for the Cats. I'll give them my pick on the pregame show. But I will take Kentucky. Uh, and I think the most viable player – is the scout team offense for giving Brad White's group a good look and putting a, putting some preparation in there uh, for the Cats as they travel down to Mississippi State. So, gentlemen, thank you very much. I appreciate you taking time out to join me on the the Depth Chart Podcast. Uh, we hope that you like uh, this podcast. Subscribe to it and tell your buddies about it. And uh, Nick, thank you for hosting. Guys, big weekend going to seven and one and a huge day, National Dane Key Day. Uh, everybody's take on that before we head out. Key to the cats. Yep, same. He, he commits cats. I hope yeah. he's uh I hope he's seeing uh, the money that Wandell's making <laughs> on the side. <laughs> I know they can't recruit with it, but that's pretty enticing. Yep. <laughs> To be, you, to be the man in Lexington's not a bad gig. Yeah, so, no uh, doubt. I, be I mean, the, versus I, being the man in Ann Arbor, I don't know. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think the out of out of town kids ever become the man. So I think <clears throat> staying home is 
there's never a better time to stay in, in Lexington than right now. I mean, these guys are going to play for a championship and it, it's going to be soon. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and I honestly have no idea what's going to take place at six o'clock. And, and I spent the day with Dante Saturday watching football. That family's done a tremendous job of, of keeping everything close and, and not you know, if Ryan Lemon doesn't know, then that's saying a lot because Ryan Lemon can't keep a secret. And uh, you know, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully it is Kentucky, uh, but it's going to be exciting at six o'clock. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-427 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.